0: I'm going to read a little something from I Heard God Laughing by Hafiz. (coughs) Let me near you tonight. Hafiz speaks of the special love a spiritual teacher feels for his teacher. The master becomes a personification of love and the focus of the student's devotion and longing. This association of spiritual student and teacher can become the most intimate and deeply personal bond of love, closer than husband and wife or parent and child. Hafiz describes the many dimensions of this relationship from the depth of his own experience with his master. I need to know I am yours, beloved. So that wasn't a poem. That was a little story, so I'll read a poem as well. We've read that one the only one. From man's perspective in this intricate game of love, it is so easy to become confused and to think you are the doer. But from God's infinite certainty, he always knows that he is the only one who should ever be put on trial. And another one, every moment, I rarely let the word no escape from my mouth because it is so plain to my soul that God has shouted, yes, 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 to every luminous moment in existence. Well, the day is coming. Sunday, this Sunday, we'll be doing our shopping day and for our Coins for Kids project. And I think we have close to 100 children on the list. And I really don't know. I think we have about $4,000 in in this year's project. It's a little less than we've had in the past. But I think with all the hurricane victims and everything, I think we've done very well this year for the 100 kids we'll have some good money to to buy some nice gifts for. Uh, We'll be meeting at Target. And in the back uh, is a handout for you to take with all the directions as to where we're going to meet. It's uh, on north, IH 35, uh, across on Palmer Lane, so it's north, and we'll meet there at 10 o'clock and uh, somebody will be in the Starbucks area of the Target and be handing out the list for shopping for children. And Laura is at home right now typing it all up, so she has uh, some new ideas on, on things and it should be a lot of fun. If you have any children that you'd like to bring, please bring them, let them assist in your shopping. It's a lot of fun to have them come along. And just turn them loose and say, here, fill the basket and come back when you're ready. (laughs) They'll fill it very quickly and be ready for the next basket before you know it. So um, again, if you have any any questions, please see myself or there's a phone number for Laura Doggett for her cell phone to ask any questions. And we will have somebody here at 9 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. Uh, because originally we were going to be meeting here at 9 and then going to Target, but we just thought it would be easier to head out to Target and meet there at 10 o'clock. But we will be uh, meeting people here and directing them out that way if they do show up here. So please come if you've never done this before. It's a lot of fun, and it's a good way to get in the Christmas spirit. So we invite you all to come. Don't you?
1: You want to start? Sure. Is there anything else, did, Laura? Did you have anything you wanted to announce coming up? Or pretty well. Good for now. Is she here? <laughs> oh, I guess not. Nope. She's letting go and letting God, I guess. <laughs> Bad joke. Well, I know I just got to throw them in there somewhere, so I see I always got somebody laughing. Anyway. Well, one of the things I'd like to talk about a little bit tonight is the power of intention. And we probably, most of us here have heard that phrase, you get what you focus on. Or wherever you, whatever, wherever you, your thought, thoughts, energy follows thought, is another way of putting it. And that's really no different for here. If you notice in all the meditations we do here, in all the talks we have, our focus is always really moving into the greater knowing of the divine within, and that greater experience of our soul's oneness with God. So everything we do is always one pointed in its focus, one intention, one focus. And in that oneness, in that intention, really creates that movement of energy where we come into that greater experience within ourselves and also in the world around us. But truly, it's to be lived within. And as we live that within, in that movement of oneness, All that we experience in this physical life will see the beauty in how life in this world of reflection supports us in coming into the greater knowing of that oneness that we truly are. This simply is a process of becoming. Really and truly though, it is not becoming, it really is just the beingness. But in this land of reflection, it seems like God is there and we're here, so it's something to move towards. And it's that power of intention that moves us towards that place of beingness. Isn't it funny even the word becoming? Becoming. It's coming into the beingness. So it really is a movement within, the divine within. And in these types of meditations we do, you may experience it as a movement, as an awakening, as an illumination. It's called sometimes the soul journey or sojourn. And it's in that movement that that awakening takes place. So as you move into the meditations, just allow yourself to relax, holding that inner focus, just like we did tonight, knowing that all we have to do truly is just to hold our attention in God. And as we hold that attention, that attention and intention, that we move into that place of oneness, into the actual experience. The big part of this process is really patience. This is a lifelong journey. A lot of people these days will give up if it doesn't happen instantly, called one time and one sitting and one hour. But how about one hour a day for one lifetime? Because sometimes that's truly what it takes. It's a gradual process. And if we really allow ourselves the gradualness of the process, that's where we really have the experiences we're meant to have in this life. Otherwise, why did God create this dimension? Why did he allow this to unfold the way it's unfolding? So if we can really come into an acceptance, even if we don't really know or even trust or believe that there really is a divine plan to all of creation, that if we can just move into acceptance the way things are, it is that allowing process that really just lets us move gently, gradually, in a way that we can really, in a sense, just slip through this dimension, this realm of time and space. That whole phrase of letting go and letting God, it is that process of simply letting go of all of our inner attachments. And notice I said inner attachments, because really we truly cannot attach ourselves to anything physically. Sure we can tie ourselves or handcuff ourselves to something and it seems like we're physically attached, but eventually that's going to come untied. Eventually The handcuff is going to be open, the lock is going to be gone, or the chain will even wear out over time or whatever. So if you really think about it, there really is no physical attachments in this world. So when we talk about attachments, we're really talking about that process within, where inside of ourselves we feel like we can't let go, where we have to have this thing in our life, where we have to have it be a certain way, look a certain way, act a certain way. It's that inner process that I'm talking about. And all we have to do in this process of letting go is really look within. And as we look within, holding our attention on God, we allow God's love to move into all those levels of the mind, the emotions, and body, bringing that which God brings, which is the peace, which is the neutrality, the detachment, that which we call the unconditional loving. And that unconditional loving truly is the great detacher, the great neutralizer. And it is through God's loving, that grace, that does assist us in letting go of the inner attachments. The nice thing is, as we hold that intention, that focus on God, it really unfolds all by itself. A lot of people, when they begin these journeys of spirit, these processes of self-help, of self-forgiveness, we may think we are the ones who have to do all the work. We have to earn that inner experience. We have to do the work to get the freedom to experience that greater oneness that we're looking for, that which we experience is empty here, that we tried to fill. We think we have to do all these things, even within ourselves, as well as out here in the world, to gain that greater experience. Truly, there is nothing to do other than to allow ourselves to just let go and move into the experience. All these processes of forgiveness, of doing these different actions, not only in Interlight Ministries but in other groups that we talk about, those really are unnecessary. (coughs) Those are simply tools or techniques that can assist us that as we do them, we can allow ourselves to let go, to move into that greater experience of the oneness within. But if we could just go into the oneness with doing nothing, do you think we would do it? I don't know if I would. This world is a place of doing. It's a place of movement, of action. If anything, try not to be active. I remember years ago once telling my dad um, when he was tired or down one day, and he's expressing it to me where he said he didn't want to get out of bed at all because he was feeling kind of down and didn't have the energy. I said, that's okay. In fact, why don't you have fun with it? Why don't you see how long you can stay in bed and not get up? So I kind of turned the tables in a way. I said, you think you could do it three days? And he laughed, thought it was absurd. I I said, well, you think you could do it one day? He even thought that was funny. I said, well, you you can go till noon? Yeah, I can go to noon. But then I'm like, well, why do you have to get up at noon? There's there's something within us that is inherent, that moves us, where in a sense we can't stay still. And if we pay attention to that, we'll begin to see the divine plan in action. It really is that process of simply paying attention. And that's where the word intention ties within. Intention. Where do we place our attention? Within. And so this really is that inner process. And as we allow ourselves to pay attention by looking within to all the different experiences we go through, it is in that process where the awakening takes place. The true illumination is not just one experience. It is many enlightenments. All those enlightenments together is the illumination, all together over time. And then that's the great illumination when every piece of the puzzle has been put in place, the fullness is there. So each of those little enlightenments along the way are the piece of the greater puzzle of that greater illumination. All we have to do is allow ourselves to look within, to hold that intention and attention on God, and allow God to unfold it within us as we move about each day, each moment, experiencing whatever we experience, Truly it does not matter what physical experiences we have. What really matters is what inner experiences we have. That's it. And that's the funny game or the illusion of this world is, the play, is really simply a matter of where we place our attention. If we place our attention out here in the physical world, we're going to get the physical world because that's where our attention is. But if we place that attention within, then we're going to begin to awaken to the divine within. It's funny because for a moment when I paused there, I was looking inside and thinking of intention. I wonder why they don't have the word out-tension. Right here they just call it tension because that's what happens when we get caught up in the world. So I just really wanted, if anything, in the sharings that I do, is to point out the simplicity of really how simple this process of spiritual awakening is. That is simply a matter of where we place our focus. And the longer we can hold our focus on that which we want, we just bring it into beingness. So if we hold our attention on God, if we hold our focus on God, we bring it into the beingness. It's that simple. So I know, you know, one of the fun things and when I start a class like this in my sharing I kinda give like a brief summary outline if you guys haven't noticed yet because my talks are a little bit shorter than Jim's. <laughs> you know, I can go 15 minutes if I'm doing good then he goes the next hour. It's fun because I like to give kind of a focus and a direction or a table of contents I like to hear see and lay out as it comes forward and then in that process it's fun to listen Jim sharing, and that's where my joy in doing this together is that he begins to share that greater fullness and detail of that, you know, which I may be talking about here. So I guess that was my
0: segue.
1: (laughs) I'm sure I have more to say, but I just kind of passed it over, so we'll just see how it unfolds. It's kind of fun to have
0: Brian start sharing because I get to watch rather than just do. And if ever I have a doubt about what we're doing or why we're doing, all I have to do is pay attention for a moment and watch the movement of the Holy Spirit come present in the sharing time or in the meditation time. And then I know, you know, we're right on target. We're moving forward. But tonight was a very interesting process for me meditation. Have you ever had your mind get in the way? Anybody have that? <laughs> oh my God <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, I haven't had that happen in so long. I started off on my meditation and I got right up to, up here and was focusing on the name of God and just holding my attention. and my mind, I, I often can get above it enough to where it doesn't disturb me or distract me, but it was like yelling at me. <laughs> it was just yelling. And finally, I just turned it downward, and I looked at it, and I said, what? And I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> because it said, finally, and it just started on and on, and it was doing all these different key words that it knows will hook me. It'll get me. It'll trap me. It'll attract me back down into it. And But it was very nice tonight because I could just sit there in, in a greater place of neutrality and hear all these hooks coming up at me, just being thrown up, trying to attract my attention back down and pull me back down into the mind element and, and to get caught up in whatever it wants to run with. And, and I just laid there, if you will, above the mind, just listening, not, not agreeing, not participating, not speaking to it, just listening for a while. And finally the mind was getting irritated and started even more so but this time it was throwing judgments at me and trying to hook me with my own judgments of myself. And finally I looked at it and said, I, you know what, I love you so much and you're so much fun. Well that settled it. The mind said, okay, now we're gonna have a battle. And it dug in its heels and I just kept looking up, focusing on the name of God, holding my intention towards God And it had a different intention totally, which was to anchor me and drag me back down. So finally, after playing this game up and down, up and down, I finally said, you know, I'm just going to go into the mind and I'm going to see what it's all about. So I went deep into the mind element, right into all the conversation, and I just started talking with it. And I started saying the words the mind was saying and speaking it. But I was doing it with neutrality. And as I was saying it, I was saying, oh, and I love that part of myself. Oh, I love this conversation. And and started putting loving into it. And finally the mind got quiet and said, I'm not going to win, am I? And I said, I think you have won. I'm down here with you, aren't I? You've won. What does it feel like to win? And the mind said, but this isn't what I wanted to win. I wanted to get your attention. And I said, you got it. And... When I said that, it said, but now what do I do with you? And I said, let me go and do what I want to do, and I'll let you do what you want to do. And so then I began to hold my intention back into God and back into my meditation and just began to float above it. And I went higher and higher and higher. And as I went higher, all of a sudden my mind yelled back at me. And as it did, I looked back down and I said, I'll be back later, not right now. And that's the key, is to be playful in your meditation. Don't go into it serious. Always be playful. Always be joyful. Always be loving with all parts of yourself. And as you begin to meditate, you may find that you don't have a relationship above the mind to be able to say that you are something other than the mind or the body. And for you, you are the body or you are the mind but know that as you meditate on a regular basis and go deeper and deeper into yourself, higher and higher, into those higher frequencies of consciousness, you'll begin to rise above the mind and begin to know yourself as something other than the body and other than the mind. But it takes time. And that's something that I found this week in conversation with people, that some people do not have the patience They want it now. They want it instantly. And it really is a matter of being patient and loving with yourself and patient and loving with the process. And realize it's taken a long time for us to get trapped into this creation in such a way that we've lost sight of our own true identity as soul. And it will take time for us to let go of of that identity of self in the body, of self as mind and to rise above it enough to where we really do know ourselves separate from all that creation that is this creation and this body and this mind, and to realize that we are something other called loving, called divine, called soul, called spirit, whatever you might term it. It's something other than what you might have related to up till now. But it takes time, it takes patience, it takes perseverance, And that's the process of being a disciple, it's a process of discipline. So in this, be patient with yourself and be patient with the process and be playful in it. Don't take any of it serious, don't take this world serious, don't take this life serious. I learned that a lot today in some of the conversations I had. Where before, if I had the conversation I had with a group of people on the phone today, Earlier in my life, I would have gotten trapped into their process and battled with them. And it was interesting because in my meditation at one point, have you ever seen the movie Michael, where he is the Archangel Michael and he's out in the field and there's this bull and he goes, battle! (laughs) As I was looking at this whole day and looking at this process, all of a sudden I realized that that was me years ago when I felt somebody coming up against me or trying to stop me from moving forward, I didn't relax and move into a flow of participation and patience and seeing just how the energy wants to move in its own divine way. I would be like the Archangel Michael on that field with the bull going, battle! And I would battle. I would fight. I would butt heads with them. I would try to win. I would try to prove my point. I would try to somehow come out on top. And today in this conversation, it was a very interesting process because I realized how much I have risen above that part of me that has to battle, that has to be the winner, that has to come out on top, that has to be heard, and to just be. And that's a wonderful place to be in your life is to just be. To be in the stillness, to be in the quiet, to be in the acceptance, to be in the allowing. Allow people to have their own process, their own beliefs, their own wants, their own needs, and then see where you can participate and how you want to choose into that and see where you don't and let it all be just fine. There's no right or wrong in them. There's no right and wrong in you, but you may just have a different direction that you're going from them, and you have to allow them permission to move on their direction, and you make a choice to continue on yours. And it's all just perfect. And that's something I realized today in such a wonderful way. I haven't been in this kind of a conversation or situation in a while. And it was wonderful just to, to enter into the whole morning and the whole process and move through it and out the other side in neutrality and acceptance and allowing and just keep moving forward and not have that challenge of conflict, of difficulty, of proving a point. And I realized how much this world is caught up in the ego struggle, because that's what I'm defining here, is the ego struggle. The ego is ever trying to win, ever trying to come out on top, ever trying to prove a point. And it's for us to rise above the ego, above that element of the mind that is ever trying to demonstrate, to prove, to get its point, to get accepted, to be loved, and to just rise above it and to truly know what the ego is, to experience it in its truth, and to rise above it and love it all, to love your ego, to love your mind, to love your emotions, to love you on all the lower levels and to know who you are in that action of the loving and to realize that you are that that is loving. That's who you are. And I have found for myself that whenever I go into battle, it really is me battling myself. It's not about the other person. It's me battling myself. And that's why it hurts so much. And that's why it's such a struggle. Because I'm going against something within me. And somebody is coming at that where I am in disagreement with myself and pointed it out to me. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me and it works for me. I would say find that way for you to come into agreement, to come into loving, to come into into acceptance with yourself. And the easiest way to do that is not to sit down and to write it out, to journal it, but to meditate on it and to meditate and go above it. In meditation, you rise above all the elements of this physical creation, and begin to experience the truth of who you are. And in that way you begin to understand the identity of the true self. Now something's happening within the organ in the organizational energy of the room right now. It's a very dynamic structure that I play with. I play off the energy of the consciousness of the room and is starting to shift because of where people are going in their mind structure. So I'm going to follow that energy for a second. I'm going to do this. Let's open it up for question and answers for a minute because whatever I've said has brought some questions up in people's minds. And I don't know if it's about what I've said or other things are starting to stir and pop up within people. So Laura's going to bring out the microphone, and if you have a question, or if you have something to share about what we've been talking about already, or something else you'd like to share about maybe your process in life, we have a microphone for you. If you don't want the mic, that's fine, but we would like it so we can all hear you. Well, I guess not. Well, I have a question for you then. We'll keep the mic out for a second, because maybe somebody will even have an answer on this. How do you approach your spiritual practice? What is your spiritual practice? Is it meditation? Is it prayer? Is it studying your dreams? Is it self-study in some form? How do you approach your spiritual practice? And what is that spiritual practice? And is it truly of a spiritual nature? Or is it still of the mind element? And how do you know if it's the mind? And how do you know it's the spirit? I'm just asking this because this, these are questions I've asked over the years early on when I started on my spiritual journey. Because I went to many different teachers, many different practices many different groups, and I found in quite a few places where they were talking about spirit, it was really a game of the mind pursuing itself. It was a mind either pursuing itself or a mind trying to pursue something within the world and call it a spiritual action. And even when it came to those groups where they were more psychically involved, it was still the mind chasing after its ego self trying to demonstrate itself, trying to be something. And I found, even then, that it wasn't really taking me towards that which I knew to be divine, living, loving essence, the soul, the spirit. So I ask you that question because I would like for you to look and see, is the practice that you're on truly taking you on a journey of awakening? My journey led me in many different places. I experienced all different levels of the mind, of the emotions, of the body, in different group activities, in different one-on-one sessions. And I found a lot of my truth in that process. So there's truth in everything. There's no right or wrong, better than, less than. But what I would ask you to do is to ever keep your focus on the divine in you. Keep focusing on whatever it is you're experiencing in the moment and focus it towards that which is the awakening of the divine in you. You know, years ago when I was on a plane, I was going somewhere, I don't know where now, and this little boy sat down next to me. And we were talking and he had this bracelet on. And I kind of noticed it and I thought it was his initials. And it was, um, uh, what would Jesus do, WWJD. And so I said, oh, you've got a couple of middle names. (laughs) And he said, no, what? And I went, well, it looks like you've got a couple of middle names. What are they? And he goes, oh, no, you don't know what that is? I said, no. He said, what would Jesus do? And I said, oh, that's interesting. And so he started talking about how they were doing this in Sunday school, and, and this was really a, a national thing. And and he said, so have you ever thought about a situation in your life that you're in, entering into and wondered what would Jesus do in this situation? And I thought, wow, no, that's a good approach. But it's not what would Jesus do, it's what would Jim do. <laughs> Jim the soul. And so I began to approach my life as soon as I got off the plane, just seeing what would Jim do, the spiritual Jim do in this situation, and in this just situation, and in this situation. And it was a really nice process. And it was very fun, because he actually took the bracelet off and gave it to me as a gift, because we had been talking about it for so much. And he said, I want you to have this. I want you to remember this this conversation. I want you to, to do this. So I took it, and, and I started practicing it. And And I found it was a lot of fun because it really kept me present in the moment. It kept me focused on spirit, on what would my soul want me to do or how would it approach this maybe differently than I'm approaching it right now. And it stopped me in the tracks several times as I would approach into situations at this conference I was going to. I would just stop in my tracks because I could see coming out of my mouth my own ego, my own need to prove myself, my own mind trying to make a point, or whatever might be taking place in the moment coming from me. And I realized something that was very profound. What Jesus would do, what the soul of me would do, would be silent, would be still, would be listening, and participate with people in that way. And I found that in that process, every time I would go, now wait, what would my own soul want to do here? Not what am I doing, but what would my own soul really want to do here? I found that really I just wanted to be still. I wanted to be silent. I wanted to be connected back into that moment of loving inside. And that in that way, I could then connect into their own divinity. I could connect back into their own truth and be one with that action rather than me separate and me ever just trying to prove a point. So you might want to begin your days just that way and see what would the soul of you want to do right now. I have found by living myself, my my day that way and and looking inside myself in a deeper way, I find that it's easier to get up in the morning and do my meditation because that's what my soul really wants to do. When I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, I know I'm not waking up just to go to the bathroom. I know that there's something else stirring inside of me. And I know I can either get up right then and go meditate, because that's what my soul wants to do, or I can lay there and toss and turn and try to go back to sleep and try to ignore what my soul wants to do until finally I do get up. And so I found that it's easier just to go into cooperation with my spirit, my own soul, than it is to be in conflict with it. And so tonight when I was in meditation, I realized as my mind was trying to hook me and pull me back down and trap me, I went into resistance. And I went into this, oh yeah, I'll prove to you something. And I started focusing more intently upward, upward toward the seat of the soul, upward toward my own soul, focusing on the name of God and just chanting it louder and louder inside. And then all of a sudden I realized that I was pushing. And it wasn't my ego doing it, but there was something inside of me that was driving, that was pushing, that wasn't really a divine motivation. It was wanting to escape something, wanting to get away from something, wanting to run away from something. And that's when I stopped and I looked and I listened, and then I finally went down to the mine and just participated and just played the game for a while. And in that way, I was able to gain a different perspective of my own identity as soul. And that I do not have to be afraid of this creation. I don't have to run away from this creation. But rather, I can participate with it. I can come in and move freely through it, but stay focused in the identity of the truth of, I, of who I am as soul. And. I do not have to separate from this creation in order to survive here. And I had just one more demonstration of that tonight in my meditation. So, I would ask you, where are you focusing in your life? Is it in the world? Is it trying to prove something to yourself or to others? Are you looking for God? Are you looking for something divine inside yourself? And if so, how are you focusing on that? How are you holding to that? And however you're doing that, see if you can expand it. See if you can open it up. See if you can create greater freedom in it. And one way i found to create greater freedom is to stop asking questions. Stop asking questions of God. Stop asking questions of others. And start listening. Start being. Be more silent in your search, in your quest. But in that silence, there is yet a very great quest that is taking place. You're moving to a place different than this creation, if you're looking for God, if you're looking for your own soul. You're moving to a very different place. And it may take you a while to really wake up and know what that place is you're moving into. And so it is a game of just be patient and allow yourself to have the experience of the moment. And then the next day in your meditation, allow yourself the experience of that moment. And see if the dots don't start connecting to where you begin to get a great picture of your soul and of God and your participation in this creation and your truth in God's creation. But it is going to take time. It is, every day, it's like one more dot added to the page. One more dot added to the page. One more awareness, a little different approach, a little different observation of this inner practice, of this inner awakening, of this inner journey. Until one day, all of a sudden, the dots start connecting themselves, and you begin to see this divine picture of you as soul, as you as divine, as you as loving, coming forward within your own consciousness, in your own awareness, in your meditation. But it takes time. And I wish, as I said so many times, I could snap my finger and it would just be done. But it didn't happen that way for myself. I don't know of anyone who has happened for, except for one person. And that's only because of all the work they did in another lifetime that in this lifetime it was given to them instantly. Somebody did snap their finger and they woke up. And they stayed awake. But if that's not your case, then I would say be perseverant. There is a group that has a spiritual practice similar to ours with the path of sound and light. And they offer materials that you're to read called discourses. And the teacher says, if you can truly sit down and read the first one and get all the truth in the first reading, you will have it all. It's all right there. And if not, there's 143 others to read. And hopefully somewhere in that 143 other books, you'll get it. it's very rare that somebody sits down, closes their eyes, starts going into meditation and gets an awakening and truly knows themselves as divine. It's very rare. But I do know it is not rare for somebody who sits down every day on a regular basis with a regular practice and an intention and a focus towards God. I do know that they will wake up and they will know themselves as divine, and they will know the divine in all things. I know that. And many people are discovering that for themselves in this practice of sound and light. So now are there any questions? Because it's very interesting, there's all this energy out here of questions popping up in people's minds. And I would like to hear one because it will stir the energy towards a conversation that is waiting to be had, but it's not happening. Okay, now then. Because sometimes it is a principle of asking you shall receive, and it is just somebody asking that begins to stir the greater death.
1: So in, in alignment with what you were saying, my view, like my spiritual path, whether it's, it's meditation and it's study, is that everything that happens to me is orchestrated through the Holy Spirit so that I might see what the truth is, whether it's somebody trying to do something to distract me, to show me that I'm already distracted, <laughs> or uh, to help me, or whatever it might be, uh, that it's all has some kind of a higher purpose to it. Uh, So, I think that was really what you were talking about, whether it's sitting by somebody on a plane, and it's, what would Jim do? (laughs) uh,
0: There really is a destiny to everything. And it's hard for us to understand this process of destiny in our lives when we're also told that we have free will. And where does free will fit into our destiny, and how does destiny play with free will? But everything truly is laid out. And it's up to us then, excuse me, to choose how we're going to participate in that process. For most people in the world, they just walk the line of destiny. They walk it blindly. They walk it without any awareness of what's coming up next or how to approach what's happening right now. Um, They just go into reaction with what's on the path. And that reaction stirs them to move into whatever is destined for them next. If we can move on that line of destiny in a different way called acceptance, called loving, called action and not reaction, then we really begin to step off that line of destiny. That line of destiny was laid out by so many other reactions in other lifetimes and reactions in this lifetime up to this point where we make a choice to not do it in reaction anymore, but rather in action. And in that moment, when we begin to do things in action, not reaction, we begin to transform our lives. We begin to step off that line of destiny that we've laid out for ourselves so long ago. And we no longer have to live that destiny out the way we might have otherwise had to live it out. And We still may have a few things that we have to experience on that line because that's where our lessons are as a soul in this creation. We have lessons to be learned, and those are the things we're going to experience no matter what. But we can neutralize a lot of the other things, or we can find that that line of destiny changes and begins to change in a different direction than where it was going just because we are now acting, not reacting. Does that answer or help? Yeah. It's interesting to to share with people. When I used to do counselings up until a few years ago, one of the first things that would happen was that their line of destiny would be laid out before me. And, and then I was told by one of the spiritual teachers I work with uh, certain things that I could talk about. And all the other things I was to ignore. And I told him, you know, this isn't fair. It's not fair to show me these things and tell me to ignore them. <laughs> it's really hard sometimes to ignore certain things that you see in somebody's destiny when you want to go, now, when you leave here, don't and do, and, you know, there's just this part of you that wants to take care of people, or at least there is that in me. So I talked and talked and talked, and if, if any of you have been here, over a period of time. You know how I will talk to God and I'll beg my way out and I'll do whatever. I talked to this teacher and told them, please, only show me those things on the line of destiny for these people that you want me to share and show me nothing else. I do not want to know. I do not want to be concerned. I do not want to be caring about it. I don't want to have to be involved in it. And so that's what they started doing for me, which was a real blessing. And then what happened was they would show me certain things on this line of destiny that I was to share about, and then my curiosity would kick in. and I'd go, well, golly, now that they know that, I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> and so I, I'd start asking the teacher, I'd go, well, can I see what, what the outcome is? And he goes, no, nope, you asked that you not be shown all these other things that you're not supposed, supposed to reveal, so we, we can't show it to you anymore. And I went, Yeah, but now I'm asking something different. He said, no, you laid out an action. You laid out an action, and now you're going to live that action. He said, be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you ask for, because you will get it. And you asked to not have everything revealed to you on these lines of destiny for people, and so it is. And so I'm laying that out for you to be aware that when you're in prayer, when you're in meditation, when you're in a situation, Be careful how you word things. Be careful what you ask for. Because you are putting energy into motion. You are putting action out in your creation. And you're going to reap the reward of that action. And so it has been that way for me. So now it's been interesting, because now that I'm not doing the counseling work, but rather I'm doing spiritual interviews with the initiates, with seekers, and with intended initiates, It's been different. And now they don't reveal to me the line of destiny. They reveal to me the divine loving that is in each soul. And I'm just to share about that and to hold for that till they wake up into that themselves. And those that are initiated, the grace of the Holy Spirit goes before the soul in every moment of every day and neutralizes a lot on the line of destiny brings it into loving, brings it into alignment, brings it into harmony, brings it into peace, brings it into action rather than reaction. And when this person does go, when the consciousness does go into reaction, the Holy Spirit comes and just kind of gently reminds the soul and the mind, let's be loving, let's be accepting, let's be forgiving, let's be in action and not reaction. Let's be responsible here. Let's be still. Let's be silent. And then if you don't get any of those messages, it goes, shut up. Stop it. What are you doing? Where are you going? (laughs) At least that's how it works for me. (laughs) So I would just say that as you walk this path, be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you put into action and into reaction. And one thing that I know that if you ask for the Holy Spirit to go before you, the Holy Spirit will go before you. But God will not impose anything in any way into your life, into your experience, into your creations, unless you ask God to come present in that. So I've, for years and years and years, the moment I open my eyes in the morning and throughout the day I'm ever saying, And I ask for the Holy Spirit to go before me, clearing away any and all disturbances and distractions, that my eyes stay focused on God and only upon God. And that anything that might be rising up to stand in my way of that clarity, of that loving, of that focus on God, I just ask the Holy Spirit to either neutralize it, dissolve it, remove it, or help me to understand it so I can get past it. And I know that in asking it is done. And it truly is done. Ask and then see what happens. But be careful what you ask for because you will get it. You know, there is a saying, you might just get it. Boy, for me, I get it. And, and I've learned really not to ask very much of God because I know that in asking, I don't know the whole question. I know what my ego wants. I know what whatever that little little part in the moment is. And I'll ask about that. And there's all this other that goes along with it. Sometimes that's responsibility. Sometimes that's all the stuff I've got to do inside myself or in the world to have what I've I've focused on and wanted. And God says, well, if you do these things and really grow into that, then you can have it. That's yours. And so now I just say, God, thy will be done. God, you send forth the Holy Spirit before me. And let me walk in your path. Let me walk in your footsteps. Let me be guided home back into your loving heart. That's my intention. That's my call. And then whatever else you want to bring to me, give to me, share with me, shine on me, fill me up with, I'm available. But I don't know what those things are, so i would allow you to bring it according to, to your way. And it works a lot better. It makes life a lot easier. Because then you're not pushing all the time, trying to make something happen. You want to pass the mic over here to uh, Vigil?